this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. faith ministries wow uh, happy resurrection day you know uh it's so many uh things i can think about when it comes to resurrection but you know something uh, one most important thing i can uh truly say is you know he's alive he's risen and i know that for sure because of the christ that resides on the inside of me but also in you. Let's go ahead and get started and get into the message today. We're in Luke 12 and looking at Luke 12, you know, I didn't have, and and, and I love when I'm in positions such as what I'm in today, I didn't have a whole bunch of time to really take the opportunity to really dive deep into the message and really give you guys a understanding of where, you know, I stand in the message uh, because I always like to have a starter where, you know, I can somehow point, you know, or focus some attention uh, to really drive home that particular message. But I just believe that what he's given me today will resonate uh, truly on the inside of you and provide a different view of how you see things from his perspective and not from your own viewpoint. You know, um, I'm sure many of you guys have heard that my mom has went home to be with the Lord. And, you know, even though I understand, you know, to be absent from the body is to truly be present with the Lord. There's no waiting period. She's in the presence of the Lord. Uh, You know, I've been challenged in my thought process and really in that place where I've been challenged in my thought process, God literally, you know, began to speak to me about truly understanding the resurrection power that resides on the inside of him, but also, you know, uh, truly when we confess our Lord as our personal Lord and Savior, you know, the guarantee of that relationship that he has for us once we pass on from this life to eternal life forever. And I guess, you know, I've been in a place to whereby I have been struggling in my relationship with God and I've been struggling to the point whereby, you know, uh, I know it's a grieving process, but, you know, I keep saying to myself that I'm going to handle it better. I'm going to do it with it a little bit better, but my focus keeps going into she's gone. She's gone. She's gone. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And even though I know where she's at, my mind says she's gone. And God's really began to deal with me in my thought process and to really begin to get me to understand it from a kingdom perspective, even to the point where he pointed me back 
and had me to look at my brother Everett and getting me to understand what he said to me when it came to the relationship with Everett and what God, you know, really brought me through and brought great revelation. I, I love the fact that as he began to share this message with me, he made sure that I understood that I needed to repent from my views, my way of looking at things, and really begin to see things from his view and truly understand the relationship that I have with him. So let's go ahead and dive into the message because it's a lot, but I think it will hit home with you and uh, bring you into a place to whereby you come out of that place of measuring and you come into that place of accepting, accepting Christ and accepting who you are from that particular perspective. So let's move forward. So Jamila's going to go ahead and read, or Takiyah, not sure. One of the two will read the scriptures for you, and we'll go from here. Luke 12, verse 1. Jesus said to her, Meanwhile, the crowds grew, thousands were milling about and crushing each other. Jesus turned first to his disciples and warned them, Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. Beware of their hypocrisy. The time is coming when everything will be revealed. All that is secret will be made public. Whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light. And let me stop you right here because as I began to look at this, I began to look back at you know, some of the things that Jesus said while he was upon the earth and the things that he said while he was on the earth, they held it against him. You know, remember he said, tear down this temple, okay? And he'll raise it in three days, okay? And that was used as words against him, okay? And so when I began to look at that, I began to really understand what he's literally talking about, what's in the dark will come to light. It's not necessary that somebody's going to be pointing out to you the things that you say that are necessarily wrong. It is where the Holy Spirit brings forth revelation and causes conviction to come forward on the inside of you to get you to see what's really going on on the inside of you, if that makes sense. So I'm sitting here listening to the things in which Christ has been speaking to me, but he's literally showing me my own viewpoint of how I really see things. So the things that I speak quietly unto myself is now being manifested in front of me and causing me to see myself. And myself, not from a good point of view, but from an area of opportunity to whereby he's seeking to change my thinking, my thought process, and really beginning to push me to speak differently and to see things from a different perspective. You know, uh, it's funny, when somebody tells you about something you do, you tend to look at something from a point to say, God, am I that bad? And we tend to be very critical of ourselves. But when Christ comes in and he seeks to change our understanding, he's not looking for us to be in that critical place. He's just looking for our, uh, our opportunity to see that, hey, yes, these are opportunities for me to change my thought process. And to change your thought process, it starts with a simple thing is I repent more. I repent from not looking at things according to what you call for. 
And he said to me to say this also. And Lord, forgive me from trying to be that individual that seeks to govern my own palate and be that individual that's submissive to your spirit to lead, to guide, but also to strengthen me. And so even now, Lord, forgive me for the way in which I handle me. And so today I surrender my will and let you lead me. I'm not saying tomorrow I won't be in this place again, but today I'm choosing to surrender. So let's go forward and just listen a little bit more. Okay, again, the Holy Spirit, I love. He's the comforter. He's the advocate. He stands by you. And he brings you into awareness of all things. And as he brings you into awareness of all things, he causes his word to begin to truly be what you stand upon. And so he tears down every other platform that you established. And so I'm grateful for the Holy Spirit and that he continues to move through me and you to bring forth what God has ordained for us to really truly stand up in and that is in him. Let's go forward. Luke 12 verse 3 Whatever you have said in the, in the dark will be heard in the light and what you have whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetops for all to hear. Dear friends, don't be afraid of those who want to kill you. They can only kill the body. They cannot do any more to you. But I tell you. But let me stop it right there. Because I always used to think this is from a worldly perspective. But he's talking about from a spiritual perspective. He's literally saying in this particular sense, the things that you're hearing, the things that you're understanding from a spiritual realm that... Uh, forces of evil that comes forward to cause you to think differently than what Christ is causing you to think. He's saying, don't be afraid of it. He's literally saying, stand strong in him. Let's go a little bit further. Verse 5. But I'll tell you whom to fear. Fear God who has the power to kill people and then throw them into hell. What is the price of five sparrows? A couple of pennies? Yet God does not forget a single one of them. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to him than a whole flock of sparrows. But when I begin to look at this particular area, I literally stop and lean to the spirit and Lord, what are you really saying to me in this? Because you're talking about me value valuing myself or valuing my relationship in you what else would you say to us at this particular point he said in this particular area not focusing on the areas in which you haven't arrived meaning the places in which he is still working on on the inside of you we tend to be a little bit more critical of ourselves, but Christ is literally saying, hey, you're of a value. And, 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 and when I look at that, 
I'm not in a position to judge myself, nor I'm in a position to judge others, but we're all striving to be like Christ. And Lord, how do I say it in, in, in any other form? Oh my God, you are subject to me and not yourself. That would be the best way I can basically say. So if we're subject to him, how do we devalue ourselves if we're subject? Because everything that we devalue, he values. So praise be to God. Let's go forward. Verse 8. And I assure you of this. If anyone acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I, the Son of Man, will openly acknowledge that person in the presence of God's angels. But if anyone denies me here on earth, I will deny that person before God's angels. Yet, those who speak against the Son of Man may be forgiven, but anyone who speaks blasphemies against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. I know the words that just were spoken were very powerful and you know, I used to look at these words and I used to always, as a new believer, oh, never deny God, oh, God, and I'll never move into a position to whereby I will blaspheme the Holy Spirit. But there was a point in time where it wasn't I was just in that place where I was in a place that I was mad at God. I was even saying things against my Lord because the things that I desired that I thought that brought me value, I wasn't obtaining, and I would get mad at Christ because I felt like he wasn't listening to the instructions that I was giving him uh, when it comes to do for me, <laughs> okay? And as I matured in Christ, I recognized that I couldn't tell my Lord what I needed him to do for me. <laughs> he would tell me what he needed me to do for him, and so, I had to grow in my relationship and wisdom in him to understand, you know, I can't dictate to the father. I may ask the father, but I don't have the ability to tell him how he's supposed to raise his daughter when he already has everything set in place and, and what he has chosen for me is better than what I can choose for myself. So I'll say it that way. Let's go forward. Verse 11. And when you are brought to trial in the synagogues and before rulers and authorities, don't worry about what to say in your defense. For the Holy Spirit will teach you what, ne what needs to be said even as you are standing there. Verse 13. Then someone called from the crowd, Teacher, Please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, Friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, Beware. Don't be greedy for what you don't have. Real life is not measured by how much we own. And, and I want to stop right there because when I used to look at this particular scripture, uh, when, as a pastor, you know, people would even come to me and say, hey, this or hey, that, you know, tell them to do this for me or tell them to do that. And I, and I always would remember the scripture that we have, if Christ had no ability to get this other person to give him back their money, then how can I even begin as a leader 
to begin to help you and your plight to get somebody to return what is owed to you. That's just something that Christ doesn't deal with in the setting in which this gentleman is in. But it really made me now think it, look at this from a different viewpoint. And now that I see this, I see this from a point to whereby I see it's like what we deem to be ours. We tend to hold on to that and not really understanding that nothing here on the earth is more valuable than the things that you have obtained in your relationship with Christ. We have more wealth in Christ Jesus than we have in the world. And yet we find ourselves running after worldly things when we're so rich in Christ. The wisdom, the ability to hear, understand, and interpret his word is great because there's many people that don't even have the ability to interpret and understand the things that God is saying in the word. And you can tell me, I can say, if I was to even give a percentage, I couldn't even begin to give a percentage of people who have the ability to hear God himself. Even though the word says that my sheep shall hear my voice, Everybody doesn't operate in that. And so we, being TQFM members, are rich beyond measure. But yet we don't see the wealth that he has given us because we're constantly focused on the world perspective of wealth. And we need to really, really begin to focus our attention based on kingdom and understand how rich we are in him. Let's take it a little bit further. Luke 12, 16. And he gave an illustration. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. In fact, his barns were full to overflowing. So he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store everything. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get it all? Yes, a person is a fool, to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. And let me just really talk about again, the rich relationship. You guys have so much. And sometimes we don't even begin to measure the wisdom that God has given us. You know, how many times have you opened the Bible and you can clearly understand what the scriptures are saying? where the Holy Spirit is meeting you in your 
conversations with others and he's providing that insight because you have learned to be sensitive to the spirit and to be able to share out his word to many. Uh, I would say not only that, but to be able to enjoy the companies of others and really be in a place where you're like-minded in the spirit to where the revelation of Christ goes forward and all that are assembled together are edified in accordance to what was operating in the book of Acts. A lot of times we don't see the full measure of what Christ has given us is because we're constantly focused on other things that we're thinking we should have in our storehouses. But in this particular area, God is constantly in that place where he's tearing down our old storehouses. And he's in return storing up kingdom things that is beneficial for us for the rest of our lives. And this storehouse that he's building, we can take it with us because it's worth more in the world to come than it is in this particular world today. So I really want you guys to really hear how rich you are in him. So when you begin to look at resurrection today, wow, look at the resurrected power of God to provide wealth within the kingdom that supersedes the small little tangible things that are in your life that the world deems to be valuable. I have the ability to go into a place of worship and in the, my worship, the presence of my Lord comes forward and I'm elevated in him and I am transformed and changed as a result of my interaction. I have the ability to, to extend my offerings to him and return, and when I say offering, my tithes and offering to him, and in return, he provides me what is needed for me to be sustained. Not wealthy, world wealth, but spiritual wealth that will allow me to begin to mount up and to begin to stand up in the places where I haven't been able to stand before. I, I would say what he says to me even right now. He said, your wealth within the kingdom far exceeds the wealth of anyone that you would look at in the world today. You know, they had that movie, Crazy Rich Asians, okay? And that showed how wealthy they were. But even to the point, God says, you supersede any wealth that man has upon the earth because of the richness of Christ that resides on the inside of you. He said, people are flocking <laughs> towards you for the wisdom you have in Christ. But because you're constantly looking at the things of the world, 
miss what you really possess. And, and I would say to you guys this, my Lord has been talking to me about my mom exiting and moving on into the kingdom. And the way he presented it to me was in a way that he literally had me to repent because in my own way of looking at it, I'm not seeing eternal life from the point that I should be seeing it. And he's literally telling me that I need to stand as an individual so that others can stand. But I'm choosing not to stand. And the reason why I'm choosing not to stand don't even make sense. I'm more concerned with the empty vessel that's left behind than the spiritual man that has moved on. And in that place, I'm also concerned with my family members who are taking it a little bit difficult and I'm not realizing in this particular place that I'm in the same place that they are. I'm taking it difficult because I'm not seeing it from a kingdom perspective. But he's not just talking about my mom departing, but he's literally talking to me about how so many times I look at things from a worldly perspective and I'm not moving in accordance to the spirit and really understanding things from the spiritual perspective that I'm supposed to look at things. And the way he looked, uh, he spoke it to me was simple as this. He said, you have bookmarks in your life. And these bookmarks represent little places within your life. You really deem that you're supposed to be storing up this or you're storing up that. Oh, when I get to the age of 35, I, I think some people say I'll be married, I'll have a car, I'll have my home. And, and these are things that you're storing up. But God said, my bookmarks don't equate to your bookmarks. He said, the way I see you from a spiritual perspective is not the way you see you. And your bookmarks means nothing to me. What means it, something to me is your ability to interpret the things in which I have given you and you execute on these things. Not your ability to say, hey, the world has this and this is ideal for me. He's literally saying the world ideas is not the ideas I want you to take on, but I want you to allow me to interject cause you to come into what I have ordained you to operate in and recognize the wisdom that I have given you to obtain the things in which I have set for you. So what he literally said to me 
my views of what I perceive should take place in my life at any point if of bookmark. Oh, when I hit 20, I'm going to be this. When I hit 25, I'm going to do this. When I hit 30, I'm going to do this. When I hit 40, I'm going to do this. When I get 50, I'm going to do this. When I get 60, I'm going to do this. He said, that's not important to me. And then he went on to even say to me, I don't move based on your bookmarks. I move based on your faith in me. Ooh, did you guys get that one? So your bookmarks doesn't cause him to move, but your faith in him causes him to move and your faith produces kingdom provisions. Amen. And the kingdom provisions that are going forward in you is much greater than that Lamborghini. <laughs> than that guy or that woman at the altar or that house that you're destined to have. He's saying that stuff don't matter. He said, but the treasures I have given you. But he says to me, stop to reflect. So that means take a moment. But the treasures I have given you is worth more than anything this world has to offer. And I need you to recognize that. And I need you to begin to look at what's in your storehouses and readily seek to preserve the things I've given you. By focusing more upon the kingdom things and less upon your daily needs. He said, if you truly know scripture, I will never forsake you. In the places where it's important for you to have things. He says, I know how I want others to see you. And I know for some of you, you have to have these things in order to minister to the ones in which I'm sending towards your direction. So don't get me wrong. For some of you, some of these things are necessary. But for many of you, that's not important. What's important is the things that I have and shall bestow upon you. And in this place, I need you to believe beyond where you're resting. Trust me beyond where you're standing. Rely upon me. Don't doubt the things that I've called forth, but readily submit and surrender your all in the places where I have called
call for you to rest in me. So you're looking at this man in the scripture. He tore down all his old barns and he's now, what, resurrecting these great barns to begin to bring in more and the sad part about it, he's not even going to enjoy. If you guys really looking past what you're saying, some things we are asking for, or we have asked for, we're really not even enjoying them. Because they don't bring life. It's just they're spiritually, they're dead. Because they provide no comfort and, and no ability to strengthen you in your fight. Get what he's trying to get you to understand. So the things that you're readily thinking that, oh, when I get this, this is going to make me feel better about myself. God is basically saying, I am the one that's going to cause you to feel, to operate, and to be better because I'm the one that's orchestrating your life. Hopefully you got that. And let's read a little bit more because I'll share a little bit more the way he got me to see this one. Luke 12, verse 22. Then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, So I tell you, don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or clothes to wear. For life consists of far more than food and clothing. Look at the ravens. They, they don't need to plant or harvest or put food in barns because God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Of course not. And if worry can't do little things like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make cl their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. I, I love this particular thing because Solomon was considered to be one of the wealthiest men upon the earth. But his wealth did not compare to a lily. Do you guys get that? And and, and a lot of us will look and read Solomon and say, Lord, I want to be like Solomon. But he's saying, even in this particular situation, and you can tell that everything that Solomon had from a worldly perspective did not cause him to advance in the kingdom. It literally took him away from kingdom. And so it did not benefit him. Even... To the point to whereby towards the end of his life, he pushed all that away to be in relationship with his Lord. And so again, you got to look at how wealthy you are in Christ. And I love this because he makes me see it from a whole different viewpoint than what I've been looking at things from a worldly perspective you know how many of you hear Christ how many of you 
allow Christ to impart in your life. Look how rich you are. Because there's many people that are in Christ but don't even have that relationship with Christ. And so today he's trying to make absolutely sure that you get this. How rich you are. How much wealth you have in the spiritual realm. Get it from this point. Demons stop when you say, go in the name of Jesus. Not only that, most of the things that the world contends with, you ain't even have to contend with it. You know, I stopped and I listened, I, I recall a testimony that one of the saints had and that was precious. She began to tell me she had COVID, but she, she walked through COVID as if it was nothing. You know, how many people was truly affected by COVID? And then you look at her, she's walking through. Oh, I didn't really get any symptoms. I got uh, positive this, 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 and that. But she really didn't go through it. And not only did she not, but her whole household was protected and truly ushered through because of Christ. And so when you look at the wealth that's in that area, you're like, whoa. People were hospital. People lost their lives as a result of it. And then you have this person who's rich in Christ walk through COVID as if it was nothing. So again, pay attention to the wealth that God's giving you. What about the ability to be able to just really hear things and no, I don't need to go in this direction because I don't want to fall short. Christ is always there providing you with that additional insight so that you're protected in all things as well. So I can give you many examples, but God said for me to have you to take a few minutes to look, to really begin to look at your life and understand the wealth in which you possessed in the spiritual realm and how great your storehouses are and not only how great but what he's doing and also as you begin to look at your wealth look at how valuable you are I think about how many times people call me for prayer, how many times people ask me things about them. And they're on the outside looking in. And the Christ in me is able to provide that wisdom, is able to provide that insight, is able to provide, you know, the next steps so that that person can begin to move, hopefully one day in the spirit. So hear Christ and understand what you possess. Let's take it a little bit further. Luke We're going to be 12, wrapping up shortly. Luke 12, verse 28. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he more surely care for you? So you have so little faith. And don't worry about food. 
what is what to eat and drink actually let me read that again verse 28 and if god cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and go tomorrow won't he more surely care for you you have so little faith and don't worry about food and what to eat and drink don't worry whether god will provide it for you these things dominate the thoughts of most people but your father already knows your needs and he will give you all you need from day to day if you make the kingdom of god your primary concern what he's literally saying don't focus your attention on these things but focus your attention on me because i'm going to provide for you but i don't want you to make your day-to-day -day focus on the things that you're lacking he says i want your day-to-day -day focus on kingdom things so i don't have to be in that position to whereby i'm looking for anything as long as my focus is on christ and he's going to see to the things that the world offers is something that i obtain if that's something i am in need of He says, say it like this. He literally said to me, you already have what's coming. <laughs> so you don't have to look to try to possess something. You already have what's coming. And so that means he's already ready and willing to give it to you, but you just got to get to that time or that day and you'll see you already have what's coming. Amen. Praise be to God. Amen. Let's take it further. Verse 32. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. <laughs> Did you hear that? So don't be afraid, little flock. We say don't be afraid. But it gives him great happiness to bestow his kingdom upon you. Not the world's kingdom, but his kingdom. And it's enriched with everything that you are in need of. Wow. So I don't have to put the time clock. Oh my God, 35 to Kia. I need to make sure I do this. 36, I need to do this. That means I don't even got to look at my age and try to count it. How many days I'm up on the earth? Because it doesn't matter to Christ because whatever he has bestowed upon me he said i already got it so i don't have to go back and be sitting back and saying okay lord i'm about to reach this age make sure this is here some things are already set up for me and it's just a matter of me pursuing him and that's all i need to do that makes it so much easier so that means I don't have to worry in the middle of the night whether or not I don't have enough gas to get to work. I ain't going to have to worry about whether or not my bills are going to be paid. You know, uh, he's going to take care of it. I think where I, I fall short, I spend so much time worrying about it that I don't execute appropriately because I'm worrying about it. And then because I'm worrying so much, I mismanage the things I have because I'm so many, so busy focused on the things that I think I'm supposed to be doing rather than the things that I should be focused on, and that's kingdom itself. Praise be to God.
Verse 33, sell what you have and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. And the curses of heaven have no holes in them. You guys get that. Because <laughs> most people say, sell what I have. What he's literally saying, stop holding tight to what you think is valuable. And be in that position to freely dispense the things in which you have so that more can come into your storehouse. That's all he's saying. This would be, uh, I would say this would be a good tithes and offering message, you know, because I think most people literally look at it from a point to whereby, well, Lord, if I, if I, if I pay this over here, I won't have enough room to pay this and I won't do this. But he's literally saying freely move and he's going to bless your efforts. But a lot of us look at, well, shoot, I got to live the rest of the week out in this. You know, better yet, go put groceries in your house. Stop eating off of fast food. And you will have the resources to be able to operate in the places where your father is in need of you to move kingdom-wise. But a lot of us like that elegant stuff outside. Learn to cook it, okay? Through covid there's many places that's offering the ability for you to learn how to cook it yourself. And then once you become the good chef, you won't want nobody to food other than yours anyway. So really hear what he's saying and execute kingdom. Wait, I always look to get a better way of saying it so that you'll get it. Lord, what would be the best way of saying this one? He says, serve not the kingdom of the world, but serve me. Amen. The kingdoms of the world, but serve me. Mm. And the kingdoms of the world is what you basically consider. Like Mickey D's would be one of your kingdoms if that's the place <laughs> you're sewing into at all the time. Or Jack and Box, or oh, Cheesecake Factory, in and out These are your kingdoms, and you're sewing into these kingdoms because they're becoming rich as a result of you supporting them. Hear what he's saying. Or if the department store is your kingdom because you have to have name brands or whatever, they are your the kingdoms of the world and these are the kingdoms that are rich. Wow, that's a bad way of looking at it because <laughs> then it makes that you say, oh, why did Louis Vuitton become Louis Vuitton? It's because of the investment that people have put into Louis Vuitton. If people stopped investing in Louis Vuitton, then it would be, what, a small kingdom. Wow. And so it's where your investments are. And so God is literally saying that your investment needs to change. And your investment should always be in eternal life, not into this world. Wow. I like this message. Really cool. <laughs> Is that a find me? <laughs> I love when he gives me wisdom because he's literally saying, operate in the things that I have created you to operate in and stop trying to operate in this world according to the world standard. I have given you wisdom beyond this world. 
in order for you to execute in the places that I have called for. Wow. Praise be to God. Let's take it further. Your treasures will be saved. No thief can steal it and no moth can destroy it. Did you guys get that? So nobody can take away the experiences that you have in Christ. Amen. And Amen. so your treasures are safe. But somebody can come and speak and take away some treasure you had. Oh no, when you seen it in the world this way, I didn't see it that way. No, you misinterpret how you seen it. So they can take that because everybody has a different view. But when it's kingdom, we all come into the same like mind in the spirit and so we are united and we see things the same way wow jesus wow and so there's no debate <laughs> there's nothing but being in half and edified jesus okay Verse 34, wherever your treasure is, there your heart and thoughts will also be. But, but this one really gets me. That means if the thing that I'm desiring, I'm going to be focused on it more than ever. And, and the things that I'm desiring may not be something I can even attain. It just means I treasure that. I treasure that. That don't mean I possess that. I just treasure that, okay? Wow. I, when I get in front of, you know, a expensive car, I say, oh my God, look at that car. <laughs> that don't mean I'm going to have it. I'm going to possess it. It's just one of the things that I enjoy, but it don't mean I possess it. But if in the things of the kingdom, I treasure my relationship. I treasure the knowledge he puts all up on me. That means I possess it. It's something I own and nobody can take it from me. My experience is in Christ. Nobody can take that from me. My deliverance, nobody can take that from me. Much greater. My freedom, I think about my freedom, where I have come from and where I'm at today, completely different. You know, a lot of times I'm having conversation with Apostle Ken and he says, I remember you when you were here and now I see you over here. I can truly see the growth in my relationship with Christ as a result of me reading and understanding and interpreting his word, but also his wisdom that's being bestowed upon me that's causing me to shed the old man. Amen. Praise God. And nobody can take it from me. It's mine. <laughs> and I can take it into heaven as I go forward. <laughs> wow. You know, uh, it just makes me stop and I recall there was one point of time in my relationship with my mom, I began to introduce her into the Holy Spirit and to bring her into that place. And she began to encounter him from a whole different point. It was a private moment between her and I. 
but I can recall also after it was over with, there was something she said to me. She said, I don't know anyone who knows the Christ like you do. And now she's in heaven. And I know my Lord has had conversations with her regarding me. And all I could do is praise God because we're now like-minded. Praise God. Luke 12, verse 35. Be dressed for service and well-prepared as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding. <laughs> he literally said, be dressed for service. Meaning, be spiritually dressed and prepared at all times with the readiness and the awareness that God's returning. That's weird, huh? So he didn't say, be prepared for the world. He said, be spiritually prepared in him. Let's go forward. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. There will be a special favor for those who are ready and waiting for his return. I tell you, he himself will seat them, put on an apron, and serve them as they sit and eat. That's what he's literally saying, be prepared. He's not saying for his final return, but he's saying be prepared daily yes. in him. And as we prepare daily in him, he's saying that he will serve us. I look for my Lord to serve me, okay? And how I'm going to be served is I'm going to make sure that I'm ready, prepared every single day by being in a place that I'm allowing his wisdoms, wisdom to keep me. And I'm not trying to invest in the world. Verse 38. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn. <laughs> I love that one. Because a lot of times when we least expect God just starts talking to us, you know, I don't know, he, you know, I call it uh, the throne room, <laughs> you know, it's when you're in the bathroom, which is the worldly place, it's all of a sudden he starts talking to you, and you're like, Lord, that's not the place to talk, I can't focus, <laughs> but he comes when you least expect, and he has conversations with you, and in the place where he seeks to have conversations with you, he's bringing you into him, so you never know when he's going to show up. But be prepared spiritually. Don't have your mind caught up in world's provision. Have your mind caught up in him. And he will provide you with the things that is needed for this world. Wow. Easy. Easy peasy. <laughs> That's what I heard in the spirit. <laughs> he said, easy peasy. <laughs> Let's go further. Wow, this one is rich. I would love to take a greater opportunity to bring break this down even more so. So I hope to be able to go back to the scripture in Bible study and just to be able to stop 
because there's so many doors that God is speaking in. And I believe there's so much more revelation that can come forward out of this. I'm scanning over the top, but I can definitely see that I can take each area and really look deeper and provide great insight because I know that he is one that prepares us in detail so that we're lacking nothing. So in this particular place, I ask that you take the opportunity and take it a little bit further and literally meditate on the places that we stopped because we went from being that hypocrite to deciding wealth between uh, two brothers, then moving from that place, looking at a storehouse, moving into that place, and now I'm looking at just how you should be operating in your day-to-day -day interactions. So I know there's so much more because there's so many doors that we're stopping at. And I think if we take the time to break it down in much detail, I say when we finish with where we've been with our message on some of the other issues, I will definitely go back and break this down because I think this will be beneficial to all of us with the hopes that you tune into one of these places and uh, really hear more. Let's go forward. But whenever he comes, there will be a special favor for his servants who are ready. Know this, a homeowner who knew exactly when a burglar was coming would not permit the house to be broken into. You must be ready at all time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. So we're supposed to be in, our, in a position to where we're always seeking him. And in that place where we're seeking him, we're ready to hear what he has to say. And the only way we're going to be ready is that we stop focusing on world's kingdom, but really get to a place to recognize the richness that we have in his kingdom. And he's readily to and willing to pour out more. Yes, I love this one. Okay, like I said, there's so much deeper. Verse 41, Peter asks, Lord, is this illustration just for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, I'm talking to any faithful, sensible servant to whom the master gives the responsibility of managing his household and feeding his family. Did you get that? Yes. <laughs> He's talking to all of us. <laughs> Praise be to God. Any faithful servant that has been given the responsibility to manage his household. Isn't that us? Okay. So he's talking to every single one of us and he's looking for us to begin to operate differently. Praise be to God. Verse 43, if the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. I assure you, the master will put that servant in charge of all he owns. <laughs> he's literally saying, if he finds and catches you doing what's right, he's going to elevate you in him. Okay? He, and he went on to state, not elevate you to the extent to where you have a little, but all he owns. He owns. <laughs> That's why I said we need to break this one down later 
and I would love to have another opportunity to do that. And so I praise God for what he's providing thus far for us. And I look forward for greater wisdom to come forth in him. Verse 45. But if the servant thinks my master will be back for a while and begins oppressing the other servants, partying and getting drunk, well, the master will return unannounced and unexpected. He will tear the servant apart and banish him with the unfaithful. The servant will be severely punished, for though he knew his duty, he refused to do it. I don't have to break that one down because that's saying that the individual is not focused upon the kingdom, they're focused upon themselves, and that's all that needs to be said. Verse 48. But people who are not aware that they are doing wrong will be punished only lightly. Much is required for the, from those to whom much is given, and much more is required from those to whom much more is given. And that's us. We have the ability to hear. We have the ability to see. We have the ability to move and operate in many aspects of the kingdom and so that's why he's bringing forth this message to us, getting us to really see how rich we are in him and to begin to see things from his viewpoint and stop seeing things from the world viewpoint. I gave you the perfect example of how I was looking at death. I should be celebrating. I should be joyous as a result of my mom going home because this is something that I desired for her when I came into the kingdom. But yet, my mind is focused from a negative standpoint from where the world stands and not being enriched with kingdom principles in regards to my views. Not saying that I cannot grieve, I cannot mourn, or anything such as that, but when I'm done with it, I'm still supposed to begin to stand. But even as an individual, I'm supposed to help others come into a place of understanding of how to handle it rather than being in this place where I'm looking at it from a worldly standpoint. And that's really, she's gone for him. Praise be to God, she's gone from here. But she's in a place where things will be so great. And never, ever, ever be in a place where she was. She's not limited anymore. She's walking. She's finally running. <laughs> and her sister is there and a host of other friends and relatives that she used to always attend funeral sessions and all that other crazy stuff that she enjoyed. She's now in a place that she's reunited with many Christians who have spoken something positive in her life and that's the place where we all desire to be and so I need to begin to shake off this world just like you do recognize true resurrection and really understand the power of God that resides on the inside of me and be a doer of his word and rather be in that place to be a faith buster because I can't stand up because I'm looking at it from 
a worldly perspective and trying to put worldly perspective into a kingdom principle that I know the two never aligns. Come on, help me, okay? Help us, I'll say. My Lord, my Savior, my God. And I thank you for this word because it helps me to see things from your viewpoint and not from the distorted viewpoint in which I've been walking in. Verse 49. I have come to bring fire to the earth, and I wish that my tasks were already completed. There is a terrible baptism ahead of me, and I am under a heavy burden until it is accomplished. Do you think I have come to bring peace to the earth? No. I have come to bring strife and division. From now on, families will be split apart, three in favor of me and two against, or the other way around. There will be a division between father and son, mother and daughter, mother-in-law and daughter-in-law. Then Jesus turned to the crowd and said, when you see clouds beginning to form in the west, you say, here comes a shower, and you are right. When the south wind blows, you say, today will be a scorcher. And it is. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth in the sky, but you can't interpret these present times. Why can't you decide for yourselves what is right? If you are on the way to court and you meet your accuser, try to settle the matter before it reaches the judge. Let me stop you right there because I need to go back to why can't you decide? The reason why we can't decide truly what's right in our own lives because we're trying to mix these two worlds and they don't come together. And it's so important that we understand that they don't come together. They don't become one. They will never, ever come one in the inside of us. And so we need to stop trying to make them fit because the more we come to a place of realizing that we are of the kingdom and not of the world, then we will be better off. The problem is I'm trying to be of the kingdom, but also of the world. I can't live in two worlds, neither can you. And so it's so important that I begin to stand up in the things in which God has taught me and I'll say it the way he says it to me. He said, be ye kingdom minded and execute on the things in which I have called forth for you. You have the wisdom, you have the knowledge to operate in my principles. Stop leaning to the world's understanding for kingdom things in which I've already taught you. Execute justly and rightly on my behalf. This is what I'm asking each of you to do today. Hear him. Finish it off. Reading 58 and then 59 to close off Luke 12. If you are on the way to court and you meet your accuser, try to settle the matter before it reaches the judge, or you may be sentenced and handed over, and handed over to an officer and thrown in jail. 
And if that happens, you won't be free again until you have paid the last penny. What he's just saying, settle the matters of your heart. Settle the things. Come on, come into a place where you're subtle. Come into a place where you're in this place that you're no longer desiring these things. Get into a place where you're subtle because he's saying if you don't, then these things that you're gravitating towards is going to deal with you. So he's literally saying, you're on your road, to, on your way to something. He's saying, I want you to stop and settle the matters of the heart. Come to the end of these things because other than that, it's going to deal with you. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you today. I pray that you hear him and you begin to operate in his resurrected power to begin to move through these worldly things and begin to operate from a spiritual perspective. You've been taught much, given great insight. All he's asking is to reflect and stop deflecting. I pray that each one of you hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you today. I pray that you recognize how much you are rich in the kingdom and how much you have advanced in his kingdom and really shake off the worldly ideas and truly have a heart towards him and not this world. This day, I pray this in Christ Jesus' name. I pray for that new believer listening to this message today. May you come to know Christ in the fullness even better yet, I invite you now, it is simple as this, Lord, come into my life, be my Lord, be my Savior, be my God. But most of all, fill me with your precious Holy Spirit, that I may be lacking nothing in the days to come. Teach me your ways, your principles, and everything that I need to operate in the kingdom. And if you said this alongside of me, or you go back and replay this recording, even now, believe that it's so. And as you believe today, I welcome you into the kingdom of God. I also ask that he equips you with all things. And that he shows you how to use each spiritual tools in according to his purpose that you may overcome the world in all things in Christ Jesus name I pray that for you I ask that each one of you be blessed and a blessing to those today in Jesus name I thank you for attending top quality faith ministry I will see you soon bye you guys If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.